Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Care Inspectorate podcast on Meaningful Connection. My name is Sherry Kerr and I'm joined today by Catherine Fletcher, who has experience both as a family carer for her mom who was in a care home and also as an inspection volunteer with the Care Inspectorate. We'll be talking mainly about her experience as a family carer, but we'll also touch a little bit on her role as an inspection volunteer. So hi, Catherine, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello, Sherry. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. Can you maybe just give us a quick background of your own experience of being a family carer for your mum? Yes, um, I looked after my parents for a number of years uh, as their health declined and they became um, fairly elderly and both lived with vascular dementia. Um, um, My father died 10 years ago and then mum became ill so then I started looking after her in her own home as she lives very close. But as the years went on um, things had to change and we began to look for long-term care for mum but very much seen as a partnership of care. Not handing over my mum anywhere it was to help me look after mum that's how the family saw it so mum moved into a care home January 2019 at the age of 89 and so we had a year of settling into a care home um, with a routine and I used to visit every day when I wasn't away so most days I was there or a member of my family or her other children were visiting which was lovely and we were made very welcome and mum settled in pretty quickly and certainly I always saw it as we were the family and the carers were the professionals so but working together we hoped to make life as enjoyable and as relaxed and meaningful as possible for mum in whatever time she had left and I'm a nurse by profession so I felt quite confident in being as involved as I felt necessary with mum's care and that sometimes meant showering mum if she hadn't been showered and needed it I felt confident to use the bathroom facilities with mum and wasn't hurried and had the time to do it and I think that is the key with care is for it to be unhurried I think absolutely most people feel that that don't want to be rushed but I can appreciate it from the other side that staff they may not have a full complement of staff on any particular day um, or staff are on holiday and they have agency nurses so care sometimes can appear rushed And carers can appear rushed when you enter a care home. And for a relative to see people rushing around and not acknowledge you or not smile, it just puts you, makes you feel a little bit tense. And you think, well, have you got the time to look after my mum properly? Yeah, Yeah, so... But from what you're saying, you know, your mum went in in 2019, you were obviously really, really involved in her care, you know, you were able to be involved in kind of day-to-day care, like showering when when that was needed. Um, so what happened when the, the pandemic hit and the lockdown, what was that like? Well, roll on to March 2020, and I don't think we can really believe what happened when we look back now, but visiting was suddenly stopped. Um, Mum, we were celebrating mum's 
90th birthday, March the 17th. And then a few days later, visiting was stopped altogether. So severe, so traumatic. Um, and how to explain it to somebody with dementia, what was happening without repeating yourself, repeating yourself was very difficult. And suddenly not being able to hold your mum's hand or to give her a hug for months was just awful. Just I felt really emotional and I can only sort of wonder what was going on in mum's head. Um, but we tried to keep in contact as much as we could with a mobile phone on the odd occasion that she was able to answer it. Often that was too tricky. And then with the um, advent of iPads into the care home, the staff tried their best to get round all the residents if they wanted to try and connect. Um, but that wasn't as simple as it sounds with somebody with dementia. My mum in particular couldn't quite grasp where the voice was coming from and I could see her looking around the whole room and looking a bit confused and then would tap the table and the iPad would fall over. So we'd have half an hour of me speaking, but there was no picture on the wall for her to look at on the iPad because it had been knocked down. So that was very difficult. And you didn't want to ring the home on the other phone to say, can you pop in and get the iPad up? Because we appreciated that they were busy during this particular time. Yeah, um, so That was difficult. Yeah, so quite a stressful experience, really, even just trying to keep in contact through the video calls, you know, yeah. wasn't something that was necessarily all that constructive a lot Not of the really. time. So I went back to the old fashioned route of writing letters and hopefully mum had some joy in receiving a handwritten letter every day with photographs in and just reminding her about what was going on. And being an ex-nurse herself, she sort of grasped that there was um, something going around, a virus going around, and we couldn't come and see her. But I had to reiterate that every day in a letter or a postcard. Um, so it was sort of kept in contact in a meaningful way doing that. And and then I could see if she had the letter, the staff would tell me, oh, yes, another pile of letters has arrived. And mum could still read and could, she always loved reading. And luckily that was, she still had that pretty much to the end. So I knew right. that I was getting getting through to her. Yeah, so she was able to read those letters herself mm -hmm. and look at those photographs and so on and yeah. keeping keeping contact in that way. Yes, and the particular also... carers who, who knew her well and knew me well were able to look at the letters well and then speak to mum about it and she say, oh, this is what Catherine's doing or the yeah. children. And, and so that yeah. was really helpful and that's why it's so important that carers do get to know the person, do get to know the family because it makes it all the more meaningful rather than it's just a letter and they don't know who it's about. If you can actually relate that, that's a conversation that they can have together and talk about yeah. mum's family in a more meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. So when visiting kind of restarted again and you were able to get back, how was that? What was that like for you? Yeah, it was It was very gradual, very gradual. It started with just the odd window visit, but they were still traumatic because whatever the weather was, when we had our allotted slot to do that 15 minute window visit with the door, with the window shut, remember the window is still shut. So we were literally looking through a window with, I could see mum 
say, come in, come in. What are you doing outside, silly girl? You know, so it's just to, uh, trying to explain, can't come in. And then I could hardly see because of the reflection of the trees behind. So that is try to wave with a cheery bye. See you, see you another time, mum. But I would leave and just be in tears because it was so frustrating, so near yet so far, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But then it 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 improved to an outdoor visit at uh, the allotted distance apart for your half an hour at a certain time, but still no touching. And if mum's rug fell off her knees, you couldn't go and put it on her knees again if it was a bit chilly. So a member of staff had to be, you had to try and alert somebody that mum is getting cold. Or, and then we'd be whisked off after half an hour quite quickly. So that all felt very abrupt, but at least she could hear us and see us, but no touching it. And then eventually we were allowed into the room, but not no touching it. So it's all really gradual and slowly. And uh, what I do remember is when we were allowed back into mum's room only, not the lounges, just the room through an outside door, the inside door to the corridor had to be kept open. So we, were afforded no privacy and found that very difficult because we couldn't really speak or say what we wanted to in case anybody heard or we were a bit embarrassed or we couldn't get emotional but I think it was presumably to make sure that we didn't touch our relative so there was no trust so that that was really hard um, because of, of all the people we're we're not wanting to transfer anything to our relatives so we weren't I presume we weren't going to lunge, we certainly didn't, and hold hands, although the temptation was there. But we knew everyone stuck to the rules. We were very good at sticking to the rules as a nation, weren't we? As a world, we generally stuck to the rules. But then, after I approached the, the, the staff, can we have the door open? Yes, people became more lenient, and the, we could then shut the door, rather. We could, the door was able to be shut. So yeah. that was better. We could be yeah. more private and chat privately. And then eventually with PPE, full PPE, we're allowed to hold hands. Yeah, I and think that, that, lack of, that lack of touch was a real, you know, really difficult thing for people, wasn't it? It's yeah. just that not, not being able to, to hold hands, not being able to have a hug. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's simple, simple things Yeah, of, of having a hug and just touching, holding hands. Uh it shows you how important it is and we take it for granted until it's grabbed away from you, stolen away from you. And then you realise you just keep hugging once you can, you just keep yeah. hugging. And... How precious that is. Yeah. Once, yeah. 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 Once you've not been able to do it for so long. Okay. What kinds of things, I mean, just thinking about, not specifically about the pandemic, but, you know, what kinds of things can staff and can care homes do to help make sure that people's families and friends are included? Yeah, I think um, having regular relatives meetings are crucial to transparent information and transparency full stop. I think regular meetings that are with minutes that are shared with all the relatives who can't be there. And it should be a, a forum where you can follow the agenda and say what's on the agenda for the meeting, but feel free to be able to bring up concerns that are worrying you. and. The concern you might have will certainly be one that somebody else in that room might have as well and not be 
wanting to share it, not willing to verbalize, verbalize it really. So when somebody else says it, you can say, oh yeah, that, I feel that way too. And it just makes you feel you're a team, you're in this together. Um, because the relative moving into a care home is, is full of emotion, good, bad, or everything in between, full of emotions and everyone's different. And I think a group setting is when people can sigh, let go a bit and just say what they feel. And that shouldn't be stopped. Um, and I think hopefully post pandemic, regular face to face meetings are continuing around uh, around Scotland because um, it's so important. And things that, that are said at those meetings can be followed up on. If it's to be actioned, you can see if it's being actioned and then if it's not, bring it up again. And so that's how yeah. I felt um, it was very meaningful to be part of that. Um, and I think carers should remember that um, this is the person's home. I know it's their place of work, of course, but this is the, the place where this person's they won't be moving on anywhere else to another house, all being well. This this is their last um, residence and it's their home and should be um, relatives should be made welcome. And I think residents who know that their resident, their relatives are happy, they will be more content and relaxed if they feel that the carers are smiling and chatting to their daughter, whoever. That's what would happen in their own home, you know. People would greet them and take the time to say hi. Um, apart from anything else, a lot of people in care have sold their houses to move into care and paying very high fees. And so do, do deserve um, a, a great level of care. Um, and people who aren't paying deserve the same care. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think what you're saying there, you know, talking about the relatives meetings and about having that opportunity to raise concerns um, or just discuss anything that's on your mind, you know, just, I suppose, feeling feeling able to do that and having that confidence that that will be welcomed, yeah. I suppose. You know, but, people are not going to maybe take it the wrong way, but, you know, they want yeah. to they, they, they want to know about any concerns and you can be confident that that's going to be addressed. Yes. You don't, people can be very defensive, can't they? I think if people feel they're doing a good job as carers, don't want to hear anything that they feel that they're being criticised for. And a lot of the time, it, it's not a criticism, it's just bringing something up that you're a bit concerned about. But if that's taken in a defensive way, that's no way to solve it. I think um, working together with the with the home, with the family to resolve an issue is always the way to do it. It's not, it shouldn't be a them and us. It really shouldn't. We're, we're, we're both there to make sure that our relative is happy and comfortable as possible and as engaged as possible on each day because each day might be their last when you get to a certain age and it shouldn't be fraught with, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to raise that because they won't like it. That We, we must erase that because that breaks my heart when I hear people saying I don't want to rock the boat don't mention anything because that's not helping anyone who's then coming into that care home we need to make sure that it is transparent it is open and no one gets it right all the time with anything with teaching with the police with hospitals nobody gets it right all the time 
but for, for, for residents who are nearing the end of their lives, they should have the respect, they deserve to be treated well and, and not just to be sitting bored. And I think yeah. this isn't getting at carers. Carers have, are very busy. I do know that as being, uh, being a nurse myself. P people are very busy, but care homes are, are a particular niche. They're, they're not clinical settings. They are somebody's home with lounges and flowers and nice things going on. But if they're sitting bored and lonely, that's not, not we're not doing them a good service. And that's not happy for any. That's not happy for anybody. People visiting who, if they're greeted with oh, "I'm bored," there's nothing going on. That's we should really attempt to make activities as good as possible. Yeah, and I think everybody, you know, every, that's what everybody wants, isn't it? You know, we all want people to be able to get the best out of life, and you know, to be to be happy and settled, and you know, making making the most of, of of the time that they've got. So, but yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, Catherine. Um, have you experienced any particular obstacles yourself, or any particular barriers that are maybe inhibiting to you know those kind of those kind of collaborative relationships with the care home um yes partly partly um because if you do raise anything i have had the experience when you have raised something it hasn't been received that well and that the sour relationships um and try as you might to resolve things you know sometimes you think oh i wish i'd never mentioned it and i and i think we need to get rid of that this environment where if you do say something you're seen as maybe you're seen as a bit of a troublemaker or a bit well and that's not right because it, nobody wants to complain or bring anything up unless it's really unless it's important people don't bring up every little thing People bring up things that are important to them and to their relative and should be received respectfully and with a joint aim to try and get over the problem. So even somebody who's, you know, with a nursing background and, and um, has looked after the relative for many, many years and knows them the best, best better than the care home can or will, um, you still feel... If I, if I mention this, how are they going to take it? And that is a stumbling block. That is an obstacle to yeah. feeling really happy with uh, an environment. Um, and I think with, with going back to activities, I think to, to be involved with the activities is really nice um, for everybody because I think the more the merrier really um, incorporates activities in care homes I think because you can speak to other residents and other re other relatives in a music session or a, a talk about something or um, a, a somebody comes to show a, an art form or something or stitching it just if something can bring up conversation and there's other people to talk to that makes for a nice afternoon and then you have a cup of tea and some home baking afterwards I think for a relative to know that that's going on in your in your family's care home you can see a schedule a meaningful schedule of activities so you know what they're doing so when you go in later in the day or the next day you can talk about that and remind them and um as a good communication point and to actually be involved with uh, coming to listen to some live music 
it's great because as we all know music is fantastic for people with dementia and older people do love music and to respond and they can sing along even people who are just sitting not saying anything during the day you'll find that music will bring them them alive a wee bit and singing together and that is just wonderful for relatives it's so heartwarming and it's emotional it brings a tear to the eye and I, there should be there should be regular meaningful activities and to get the right people in to be activities coordinators that's, that's yeah important. I think so yeah you really need to have the right personality to do that job don't yes. you yeah yeah it's I mean it's a it's a great job to have for the right person but you do yes absolutely um yeah. and I think what you're saying there, it kind of goes back to feeling welcome, doesn't it? So you're feeling welcome to come in, to, you know, to be involved in these activities. What you said there about music um, is really powerful because that is something that people can often respond to when maybe they're not necessarily responding to other things in the same way but hearing a certain tune or whatever will just take people back and they will maybe start singing along to something which is really great to see but yeah just going back to kind of thinking about you know that you're welcome to come into anything you know that the staff want you to be there that you're welcome to raise any concerns that you have and that people you know they want you to do that um as you say you know people generally don't raise things unless it's it's important so um yeah that's right that's right yeah something that would you know that is that is explicitly kind of said to people that we want you to tell us, you know, that you've been, you then feel that you have that, that freedom yes, to do that. That's so right. that it's not, it's not going to be taken the wrong way or whatever. Yeah, that's really important. And I think with um, activities, if, if relatives are given warning uh, of what is coming up uh, a week in advance, they can plan their visits either during the activity or before or after. So that's during that day, there'll be more meaningful visits from family and an entertainment. So that is a is a nice day to have. And of course, having lovely food is really important to everybody and to have lovely food in care homes is important and care home uh, who, who provide fresh cakes and who offer a cup of tea to the relative is really important. Um, so before the pandemic, that seemed to be a natural thing in mum's care home, was that we always invited to have a cup of tea and a piece of home baking. And, and then and my mum used to love it when we used to be there and have tea with her. Because um, I, I often used to ask her, what, what do you like to do, mum? She said, well, I like to have a chat. I like to have a cup of tea. And so it's as simple as that. And she was ha- you know, happy in other people's company as I think a lot of people are, but then you do have a lot of time on your own in your room. So you can have your own space and your own time to think as well. But we need to really ramp up activities in care homes generally and uh, yes people have got those choices of you know not every not everybody wants to do activities or wants to join in big you know big events or whatever but the people have got that I've got that choice either absolutely spend time on their own or to be in a group and care is there is 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 quite a skill to encourage people to join in and I know if people are busy and they're asked would you like to come and join in this activity or listen to this musician and people might some people with dementia might automatically say no to a lot of things that their family know that they would enjoy. And I know from a carer's point of view, if they're busy and somebody says no, I don't want to go, then they'll take that at face value. Um, I'm not saying you have to 
drag them to an activity, but there are certain ways you can gently meander towards the room. Nine times out of 10, that person will enjoy it and not, and will sit happily listening and nodding their head and singing along. And if they hadn't been encouraged, they would have missed out on that and been sitting longer and not moving. And that has all the problems it brings with sore legs, sore knees and not, not sitting upright, not moving. Um, if you don't use it, you lose it, that old adage, but it's so true. And I think just just for staff, I know it's difficult, but to just encourage people to to come and join in or see what's happening and just just yeah. being involved, being together. Yeah, and that's interesting because I was speaking to um, a care home manager recently who was talking about how they had organised a, a bus trip for some of the residents and um, they the there were certain residents that the people thought, well, you know, they won't go, you know, they 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 don't like, you know, they they they'll they'll definitely say no. But the person just went around and asked everybody and said, actually, some of the people that you never thought would go on that bus trip went on that bus trip and you know, really enjoyed it. And people were talking about it afterwards and really got a lot out of that. And so she was really saying, you know, kind of shame on us that we 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 probably would not might not have asked them if they wanted to yeah. do that whereas in fact you know when you sometimes you, people just because people don't always want to do something or they usually don't want to do something doesn't mean that they're never going to want to do it yeah. you know and that they shouldn't That's be given right. that that opportunity or maybe that encouragement yeah yeah, yeah. okay um so you also work with the care inspector at Catherine as an inspection volunteer um what made you decide to do that yes um I started being interested in the being an inspection volunteer quite a while ago uh, during the pandemic actually so how I started um, going through the selection process and everything was I became a telephone um, inspection volunteer so I, I just was at home and I used to ring uh, care home relatives and um, speak to them on the phone so I did that for about a year uh, and then when they were allowing people back in the volunteers back into care homes I had further training um, with the care inspectorate and have now done four inspections two solo ones so at first you're shadowed by um, somebody so I've done a couple now on my own so I go and join the care inspector or two at, at the particular care home and spend a day there and I thoroughly enjoy it and why I did it I think because I do like older people I think that um, that fantastic to be around and you never know quite, quite where a conversation leads when you start talking to somebody with a life worth of experience and I feel I've got a good eye for good care and I can see when things aren't right and how they can be improved and and I do like the idea that things I might notice because I have the time during that day to speak to residents, go into residents rooms, speak to relatives, um, which the inspectors do, of course, as well. But they are involved in a lot of the paperwork and the files and all the things that go with that. So I've got the nice job of just talking to people living there and discussing what's good what's bad what how think they could think think things could be improved and just I do notice things that could be better or, or if people tell me 
that there are things wrong, I then pass that on to the care inspector or feedback to the, the manager myself. So I think it's an important job. I'm enjoying it and feel that I am contributing to the scrutiny and improvement of care homes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that's that's great. Um, so if there's one message, Catherine, that you'd like people to take forward kind of from this conversation that we've been having, what would that be? What would be the most important thing that you would like people to, to, to kind of think about? I would like carers to remember that we're working together. They're the, prof the professionals, we're the family, they're two separate things. So we are working together to make life as good as possible and as nice as possible in a care home. And that includes unhurried, not task driven care. Everyone's an individual, everyone's care plan should be so different and really tell whoever comes to look after that person that day what they what they can expect from this person what what they're like their family how they can move how they what they like to do they should be able to look at a care plan and know a bit a lot about that person to be able to look after them remember it's people's homes and how would you like to be treated in the last couple of years of your life or so as a carer who may not have a family member in a care home how would they want their family member to be treated to be looked after but to be treated with respect and kindness and remembering that that old person sitting in a chair was a young person with a vibrant career vibrant family life with lots of different stories that they could learn from we could all learn from the older generation yeah, absolutely. And I think we can we definitely agree on that. Well, thank you very much, Catherine, for coming on the podcast. That's been great. Thank oh, you thank very you much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.